Welcome to the Canacook Podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and we're taking a break from our usual focus on family, leadership, and spiritual growth to do a mini-series on Advent. If you're new here, welcome. You've picked a great time to jump in. This content is great for any age during the holiday season, and we hope it helps you focus on what Christmas should really be about, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and Santa's little helper, Beth Ann Lampley. Hey, everybody. Merry Christmas. BA, we're welcoming the Canacuck Podcast listeners to our Christmas Advent series. Here in Branson, we've been celebrating Christmas season already for a month. That's right. As soon as Halloween shuts down, we pull out the lights. And Thanksgiving's kind of like conveniently sandwiched in between our Christmas celebrations. So we're, we're ready to invite the listeners into our, our, our party. Absolutely. We have a four-week series uh, on Advent where we're going to celebrate our coming Savior, Jesus Christ. Each week, we'll release a new Advent series episode leading up to that special day. Beth Ann, tell us some of your favorite Christmas memories. Well, one that comes to mind, Shay, growing up at the church I went to, we always did a Christmas pageant. Now, some of you may be thinking, is that a beauty pageant? No, it's a Christmas pageant, which is essentially a Christmas play. And I think I thought it was probably a Broadway production. We had camels and live animals, and it was super, wow. super fun. The whole church was involved. You'd spend pretty much the whole month of you know December working on it, and um, the community would come out. It was really, really fun and some really great memories. Camels. Camels. What denomination was this? It was non-denominational. The non-denominations. The non They went big time and brought in the camels. That's right. One of my dreams is to ride a camel. And believe it or not, I was driving through Kansas on the trail, the winter trail, recruiting staff. And we drove by a field and there was camels in that field in Kansas. Couldn't believe Shay, it. I have another fun fact that you may not know about me. Bring it. I actually have my camel license. What are you talking about? When I was in Israel in 2015, <laughs> this is we rode camels and we each got our own camel license. Do you have it with you today? I, I don't have it with me, but just on my honor, I promise I have my own license to ride a camel, drive a camel, whatever you say. That is so <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. And I'm, I must admit, I know it's not a godly feeling, but I'm feeling jealous. Well... You too can have your own if you make it to the Holy Land. You know what? I might get my kids camel licenses for Christmas. <laughs> we'll put them in. That seems like a nice stocking stuffer, does it not? It does. Bethann, why don't you introduce a couple camel jockeys who you are know, here as our guests? <laughs> we've got, you know, it's kind of like getting the band back together today, Shay. No doubt it is. On the podcast, we've got Connor Wilkins and Reed Towns, and uh, we were all on the team at K1 together before Shay got to move back over to K2, um, so we are really sitting at a table uh, with friends today, which is super, super fun, but they are both graduates of the Canacuck Institute and uh, on the director team here at camp and specifically at K1, so welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thanks for having us, Beth. Yeah, Ann. super grateful to be a spectator to this, to be honest. <laughs> you know, this is... I feel like I need to keep running with the camel thing. I just feel like the the chemistry at this table, and while we may be camel riding novices, Beth Ann would be our mentor. Uh, I think we could win a camel race across the state of Missouri. You know, I actually was on a similar trip to Israel 
with that had camels and they had license there as well, Bethann. So you and I get to share that. Did you get one? I or do you just, also have a okay. camel license. Do you have it on you? I don't. I check my wallet. I, I don't have why, it in my possession. Why would you not carry your camel license with you? It was a, because it's a piece of paper. It, it, it doesn't hold up super well. Was it papyrus? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is good times. Connor, tell us tell us a, a, a family Christmas memory that you think of when you think of Christmas. So for like, I mean, before I was even born. So for the past roughly 30 years, my cousins have been going to my Nana's house every year for Christmas. And so from the second that I was born, I was there playing on the carpet. And every single year, for some reason, it became a tradition that me and um, my cousins would go to the backyard of her house and we would dig. Just for like, I don't know why. That's just what we did. We would dig, and so I've got a very specific memory. Makes you a man. It's yeah. It's Christmas. Was it season. watering holes for your camels? Not watering holes for camels. That was the next year. So, but with this, like, I just remember I have a very specific memory. We're all in town. We're bonding. We're outside, and for some reason, we decided we're going to dig stairs in the dirt. Wow! And so for the entire week that my cousins were in town. We were crafting stairs in the dirt in the backyard of my. Were you using tools or just your hands? It was just our hands. It was tradition for it to only be hands. And so kind of takes it's me back. <laughs> kind of takes me back, honestly. I feel like I'm in the same culture that camels would exist in is to just craft with our hands in the dirt. <laughs> wow. So we ended up being like five feet deep with well, the very bottom. And all it was was just stairs that led to absolutely nothing. Dirt stairs to nowhere. And it was the best Christmas ever. Oh. I don't remember anything else about that year. What I got, I just it's remember the stairs that led to there. adventure. Great memories. What we, about ne- we, you? Ne- we never filled it. So it's still, there's still a hole in our back. They're still there. <laughs> stairs are still <laughs> that there. That was like eight years ago. Uh, Reed, what about you? A Christmas memory? Christmas memories. Um, the one memory I always think back to was when I lived in Kansas, it snowed like two feet one day. Right, kind of before school let out for Christmas. And so we, we got out of school, obviously, because there was a lot of snow on the ground. So my brother and I built a snow fort. It was big enough to where it had a roof over it. My dog could fit in it. My brother and I could fit in it. We took Gatorade bottles and we put them in the wall so they would cool them off. And they ended up freezing before we could even drink them. So oh, wow. it was a bad idea. But my memory comes, it was kind of a traumatic memory because... The next day, the roof had caved in a little bit, um, but we could still get inside. And so my brother had a great idea for me to fix the roof. Um, I would go into the cave, into the fort, and and push up on the roof with my hands and feet. And my brother would fix it and patch it up as I, you know, lifted it higher. Seems like a smart engineering strategy. Right. Well, he's an aerospace engineer now. Mm. So he is smarter than I am. Um, But we went in and... I pushed up on the roof and the entire thing caved in on me. So I was completely trapped. <laughs> Buried alive. Buried in snow. I just, I was helpless. He had to pull me out. I think so. I've seen a documentary on this. Yeah. 448 hours. <laughs> 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 so like that. How, how long were you buried? It felt like an eternity, but it was probably a couple minutes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but but it's it cold. You and your cold. Gatorade were, pu- were pulled out in the same <laughs> yeah. state, frozen. Absolutely. Great memories. Okay, so we're starting a new Advent tradition of asking our guests to share family traditions. Reed, what's a Christmas family tradition that that the town's family has done for years? Well, the town's family, and I, I feel like I make my family do this every year because there was last year we almost didn't do it, and I said, Mom, we got to do it. 
it's a tradition. We do it every year. And we always decorate cookies. And I know that sounds like a, it's a typical tradition, but we, we always decorate cookies. And we make the cookies. We have the same cookie cutter stuff that we've had for years. And we always decorate the cookies. And mine are usually really funny. And my sisters, they're usually really artsy. And someone always makes fun of me for the colors of mine because I can't see colors. And so I usually get the colors wrong. Reed is colorblind, everyone. Reed, just out of curiosity, which ones taste better? Artsy or funny? Oh, funny. Definitely. Funny tastes better. Funny. Funny when tastes better. <laughs> when you're laughing while you're eating it, there's a little, cookie tips. a little bit of joy in the funny taste. Funny cookies taste better. <laughs> Every time. Connor, what about you? Family tradition. Every year, same same cousin gathering, um, we play kickball. That is a tradition of ours is that every single year, don't know why, but we just love competition. And so my baby cousin always picks the teams. And so we would just play kickball every year in December. It's freezing outside. But from my youngest cousin, who's three, to my grandma, who's, I don't know how old she is because she keeps that a secret. We're out there. We're playing kickball every no year. No way. I'm undefeated. We've that, played. We've played you're three, three, three times. Yeah, we played. And so, well, well, we have cousins <laughs> oh, ranging okay, from yeah, like sorry. thirty to. So most of us are older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kickball's our tradition. We kind of fight for it, and then there's a lot, of, a pretty huge celebration after once we win. First the stairs, and now the kickball. Mm-hmm. That is so Amazing. fun. Yeah. What about Beth Ann's family? Well. Every Christmas Eve that I can remember growing up was spent at my Uncle Kenny and Aunt Rita's house in Illinois. And the whole family would get together, cousins and aunts and uncles. But the Christmas Eve party, like, it never changed. Like, I can still see, like, the green punch bowl that is sitting on the counter next to the sink. Like, the same snacks. Uh, We had them every year in one little room. The Christmas Christmas story, you guys know, it's on for, like, 24 hours during— Christmas, like always a room of older cousins watching that. Uh, But then the best tradition of that night was all year, my Uncle Kenny would save all his loose change. So by the end of the year, he had this huge jar. And if you were still in school, so like 18 and under, I think, or maybe if you're in college too, I don't remember, but your name would get to be in the hat to be drawn for the big jar of change. And it was just like this huge moment leading up. Like the jar was like... On the table, you'd stare at it all night. Oh. And then there was this moment where everyone yes. gathers in it's the kitchen. Brilliant. All the names are in the bowl, and he's just taking his time and draws it out, slowly opens it, and you're just waiting, wanting him to call your name. Did so, you ever win it? I actually did win it one time, which is super, super oh, fun. Oh, did you lose your mind? Oh, lost my mind. And he also always did one gag gift as well, because that's just who he was. He was Kenny. always uh, Uncle playing Kenny. jokes. So Uncle Kenny. Kenny. So he's those are name. really fun memories. <laughs> All right. Well, Beth Ann is going to do our scripture reading, and then Reed and Connor have a devotional on hope that they'd like to share with us today. This is Isaiah 9, 2 through 3, and 6 through 7. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You will multiply the nation. You will increase their joy. They will rejoice in your presence as with the joy of the harvest, as people rejoice when they divide the spoils. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. 
So I think if we're going to dive into hope, I think obviously you get to see Isaiah's talking about the coming of Christ. And so, especially as with the Christmas season, this this series, we're moving into the coming of, of Christ in Christmas. And so I think one of the things as I was going through this is like, one, where to begin when you talk about hope? I feel like there's so many different ways you could take it. But I really feel like, especially when we talk about hope in a worldly sense, that we kind of miss the definition. So Reed and I are going to dive in, but before we do that, I kind of want to go more into like defining what scripture means when it talks about hope. And so I, I looked up the Oxford definition of hope, and this is what it says, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. And then the, the sentence that it gives, it says, he looked through her belongings and the hope of coming across some information. And so just in that definition, it almost seems like a synonym would be like, a wish, like he's wishing that he comes across something that it's not like this, like complete confidence mm-hmm. necessarily. And then even when we use hope of like, you know, this past weekend where I was like, I hope OSU beats OU in Bedlam. Like I, like, it's not like I, and yes, they did, by the way, they did. Thank you for saying that. BA. But it's like, almost like when, when we're talking about hope, it's like, I'm wishing, like, it's not like if we were to like use hope in our day-to-day context, the way that scripture does, it would be like, I hope the sun comes up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like that would be the proper way to use the word hope, but yet we use it to like, I hope the weather's good tomorrow to where like I'm wishfully thinking, but not necessarily hundred percent expectant. But then when you go to scripture over and over and over again, like wish wouldn't seem like the synonym for hope. Like it's more of like, like you get to see in, in scripture of like wait, but like when you go like the, the definition in Hebrew would say to wait, to hope and to, to expect and like a confident expectation And then even with Greek, it says a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation is is how hope is used in um, the New Testament. And so I think just like before we even dive in, before Reed takes it to just talk about what our hope is of like to understand that to hope into something is to have complete confidence in something. And so like when we when we think about hope in our faith and in our lives and especially in regards to Christ, It is a complete confidence in something to be true um, and for our security to be in that completely, not just in like a wishful thinking of like, I'm hopeful that I'm saved. Great point. Absolutely. That's good. I I like when thinking about hope, hope separates that confidence that you're talking about, Connor, hope separates Christians from everyone else on the earth. But at the same time, it's part of God's design that hope would draw Christians towards everyone else on the earth as well. And so it's this this confidence that we have, this hope that's in Christ. It's this confidence that, that separates us from the anxiety, the fears of the world. Um, this gives us this freedom that separates us from everyone on the planet. But at the same time, it draws us to them that they would know the hope that we get to experience, that they would have the peace that only comes through Christ. And so um, when I'm thinking about hope, I just wanted to talk about kind of three things of the, our source, the defense of hope, um, and then just the opportunity to share it. And so um, the, some of the verses that came up for me were Romans 15, 13, and it, it just says, if I could read it quickly, um, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And so it's this thing of, of looking at what's your source of hope of, is your hope in, in the things of this world or is it, is it in something else? And when your, when your hope fades, uh, it's because your source uh, has faded. And when your source runs out, your hope is runs out as well. And so um, talking about hope in this world of, of there's a lack of hope so much. Lack of hope leads to anxiety uh, and fear. Uh, and when my, when you start to ruin 
what I have my hope in, then there's anger towards you that I start to hate you because you are getting in the way of where I find hope. And when your hope is in a source that is untouchable, when it's locked down, there's this freedom from anxiety in that because I know that it's good. Talking about defense of when First Peter uh, 3, 14 through 16, you've, you've probably all heard this one. But even if you uh, should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for you. Uh, a reason for the hope that's in you. You do it with gentleness and respect. And it's just this this opportunity to defend where your hope comes from, to defend it to others, to defend it in your own heart, of to know what's in your heart, to test what's in your heart. Like it says in Psalms 139 or Deuteronomy 8, of to, to try your heart, to allow yourself, um, to God allows testing of your of your heart and your faith to see what's in your heart of what's actually the source of what are you defending your life on uh, and then finally an opportunity to share first timothy 6 17 through 19 says as for the rich in the present age charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches but on god who richly provides us with everything to enjoy they are to do good to be rich in good works and be generous ready to share thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. And I love how it ends that of taking hold of that which is truly life. And, and that's what's so cool about hope is when I have a hope um, that is set and secure, when I have an abundance of that hope that God provides, it allows me to know that I'm good. And when I know I'm good, I get to check on you. Uh, and so it's this opportunity that we have, like I said before, of hope separates us from everyone on the planet, that we know that we're good, that we're free from this anxiety, we're free from the pressure that people feel um, here on the earth. And at the same time, part of God's design is that hope would draw us towards unbelievers, that they would experience that same hope, that they would get to taste and see what truly life is. Uh, and it's in the hope of Christ, and it's this freedom from that. And I'd love for Connor to close it down of just talking about man, what that hope is. Yeah, I think to just kind of land the plane, I think a lot of times we talk about hope, and I love like our hope and like what brings us security is that our salvation is in Christ alone, and it's through faith alone in Him. And I think that's the key of like I'm able to dwell securely in, in hope um, as Acts 2 would say, because of what Christ has done is that, and that's, and again, that's where the gospel comes in to, to hope is that I cannot earn my way to heaven. I can't earn God's love for me, but like, because of what Christ has done, he has come and lived the life that I couldn't. And God loved us so much that while I was still a sinner, that God sent his son to die for me and displays his love through that. And it's knowing that he has earned my salvation and that my flesh dwells secure in who Christ is and what he has done for me. And that I get to approach the throne room of grace. I get to have a relationship with God because of what Christ has done. And I think that's the, that's the key of hope is that like my security isn't dwelt in what I own, man's opinion of me, you know, how successful I am in life or the circumstances of anything going on, but my hope dwells in my identity in Christ. And that's what gives me hope and confidence to then go and minister to others. And what I love, and I just want to read these few verses and to finish this off is Psalm 71 says, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. 
And in Psalm 42, it says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. What I love is that the result of an understanding of hope, the response is praise and gratitude. When I understand where my hope comes from, and that is through salvation, which I can't understand what that word means unless I understand the gospel of Christ. From understanding that, my response is praise. When I understand God's love for me, my response is to love others. Um, And I feel like that's where you really get to land as the season of hope. And to finish with what the verse that you, you quoted is that, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by me, not by my understanding of hope, but by the Holy Spirit, that I might abound in hope. And that's the season is we get to really just be hopeful and that brings a peace and it brings praise and it brings gratitude, which leads to giving and loving God's people from understanding the love that's been given for us. Awesome word of truth, guys. My takeaway, hope gives me the security and confidence to care deeply for others. And we need that this Christmas season. I want to thank our audience for spending time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm third approach to the Christmas season. And with that, we'd love to pray with you. Father, we come to you today and we just, we thank you for the hope that you've given us in Christ. No matter what's happening, no matter how hard the trials are in life, we can trust and rest and hope in you. And we pray that over our listeners today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you hadn't had the chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacutpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com.